Welcome back to another episode of Addicted to MRR. Today we have the pleasure of Ryan Carruthers. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing very well, Travis. I'm very much looking forward to this. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on. You know, we, we've had a, a bunch of different kinds of subscription businesses, people that work with subscription businesses. Oftentimes it's software as a service, just because that's kind of the world I'm in. We, you know, we have box services though, sending, you know, roasted coffee all around the world. So you do something a little different though. You're really focused on membership. Is that right? Yeah. So I have, I have two memberships and back when sort of like give you a brief sort of synopsis of my life, I have a very, very crazy life. I'm a physical therapist, as you guys call them, physio here. I'm a trained physio, but I sold makeup and I ran a window cleaning business. Crazy, crazy life. But, um, I started a membership by pure chance, like by pure absolute chance. I didn't even know it was called a membership or anything. I didn't know anything about digital marketing. My first, the first website I put together was built on Wix and it had a page on it where you put a, it was a PayPal button and I didn't even know how to embed the PayPal button. That's how <laughs> like daft. Yeah, seriously, I didn't even know how to do that. So it was literally the PayPal email link that PayPal give you that was on the page. So I mean, I'm, literally crawling up in a ball saying that thinking back to that but um that's how far i've come so i started this um, membership called bet green a long long time ago that was helping people on the betfair exchange because i was helping i was on betfair trading myself and people just came to me and said ryan that's great like i really love that but you know what you're saying i'm just not gonna do it can i not just pay you can i not just pay you to just email me every day so that's what i did and then over the years that grew into Betfair training community. And um, now I have that as well as the membership mastery, which is designed to help people who already have a membership grow, engage and retain their members. So yeah, that's me. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's all fun. We, we always usually have these origin stories, right? You know, cause like now I have, you know, a bunch of membership sites and training delivery and, you know, successful software companies, whatever else, but I, I too started from very humble beginnings like you, right? Like my first, my first product that I sold, which was a WordPress plugin, which I obviously had someone else develop. <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't really have the skills to build like a decent membership site. So mm -hmm. the fulfillment to buyers was literally just an email with an unsecured Amazon S3 link. Just like, here's the file. Like, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> no licensing mechanism, not even a, not even a login to WordPress to, to view a how-to video. Just here's your file. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> off you go good luck yeah pretty much so it's you know I, I think people tend to overcomplicate it sometimes right when you think about you know how do you get started or what's what's blocking you oftentimes you'll hear a list of the 18 million things someone who's just starting out thinks that they have to do before they can launch and it's just like mm, you probably don't have to do any of that you know you, yeah it'd be better but if you wait for perfect you're never going to launch and if the market's right now you should probably go ahead and just get it rolling right it's better to to get money and start figuring out how to do it later. A hundred percent. And you know, the, the really strange thing about all of this is that I've very much over the last few weeks been looking back over um, my memberships in my life and what's been working, what hasn't been working. Um, and some of that is because I'm going to be a father in a few weeks for the very first time. So oh, congratulations. Thank you. So I'm, and I'm having a little girl and if it looks anything like my wife in miniature format, I am done. Like that thing, that little girl is going to have so many shoes. She's just, she's just going to be spoiled. But you know, Steve Jobs says it's only by looking back. Can we connect the dots? Now I'm looking back and looking at my memberships and some of the things that I did that I thought was wrong and really just like not sophisticated, not smart actually worked best, you know, to keep it simple um, and they just work best. And I've gone back to that and it's just paying dividends. So it's really, really strange that looking back, you know, you can see that you made these mistakes and there's things that make you cringe a little bit, but actually the premise of them was solid. And if it's just about tweaking those, making those more efficient and they work and why change it if it's working? Yeah, I totally agree. I'm kind of on this whole kick right now of like, how can I, simplify products how can i simplify funnels how can i simplify mechanisms you know every, you hear all the gurus are like oh no you got to do this like you know crazy automated webinar but it has to start every you know 7.2 minutes you know or whatever the, the <laughs> yes. weird criteria is and you add all these layers of friction and it's kind of like why don't we just have a, a good long form ad with like basically yeah. four words in an opt-in field for a squeeze page that drops from right to a video. And that works like gangbusters, you know? So sometimes just removing friction and removing complexity and not trying to act fancy 
and just, you know, get, get out of your own way of your offer <laughs> can sometimes oh, go so far. I, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I think that it's, there is all that there's a shiny object though. And, you know, people are looking at, oh, well, that person's doing really well in their membership and they're doing really well in their membership. And maybe I should do that. And, you know, I've just come off my group coaching call for my, my membership for my membership people. And one of the ladies in there is just, she was just saying, oh, you know, I had planned to open my membership in April again, and she's got a really successful membership. But then she listened to one of the masterclasses inside of my membership where we, a lady does challenges and she does like two challenges a month. And she says, oh, now I'm just thinking maybe I should be doing a challenge. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. no. Like for me, that works for her business. What works for your business, you already know. So let's just tweak what works for your business and keep it really, really simple. Like, let's get rid of some of those layers of complexity and just go really really simple and it will work really nice the other component there too is people tend to overlook i think what you've trained your audience to do so yes for instance in the example that you just gave if she's launching once a year um the, the audience has come to expect that so she may actually have people that have been psyching themselves up and thinking okay you know I, i've been buying into the content for for almost a year now right because we're right here at the end of February as we record this episode. So she's like, okay, I'm only, you know, a month and a half away. Maybe they're putting their finances in place, right? Maybe, maybe they've already made the buying decision and now they just need that excitement, that release, that, that euphoria of seeing the checkout cart. Cause there is yes. a dopamine release when that happens and that's what they need to see. And then now if all of a sudden she goes after the shiny object and says, actually, I'm going to do two, you know, two challenges a month that may change their calculus. Like they may have already sold themselves to be ready to buy and now that she's changed the, the the mechanism in which she tries to get people to engage, it may make them have to basically start over, not from ground zero, but recalculate like, oh, well, this is a new offer. So what's new about it? I have to go through all that processing again to decide, is this still right for me? Is this still right for me in my business at this time? Because now it's February instead of April. You know what I mean? The, you're you're yes. changing the calculus and you've just spent a year <laughs> building up a pipeline of people with the expectation of I launch in April, there's real scarcity around it, yada, yada, yada. So Yeah, and then we've also, we've got the, the whole sort of impact is you as the business owner, you know, you, you're planning for that launch and you're all, all in, you sort of roughly think, you know, how many members you're going to get signed up from the conversations in which you've had. And then you change it at the last minute and your audience goes, Whoa, we wasn't expecting this. We mm -hmm. was not expecting this. And like you say, they've got to go through those buying processes again. You know, Dan Kennedy talks about all of those micro agreements that you have to make as a customer and you have to understand that as the seller that they have to go through that. Now they have to go through all of those again. Some of those people are going to go, no, nah, I'm not buying. So you might not actually do as well as you thought, which will have a huge knock on effect to your confidence and your finances and your business going forward. Yeah. It's sort of the same reason why, you know, we're bad about this with, with this podcast. Cause I have to batch it in seasons. I find myself getting too distracted, but the most successful podcasts, you know, they, or even YouTube channels, et cetera, like they're finding a certain cadence, right? Like they know that they release their podcast episode every Tuesday at 10 AM Pacific. Right. And then their audience comes to expect that and builds it in and, and cherishes that, that mm -hmm. predefined scheduling of like, I know I get a new episode on Thursdays, or I know I couldn't get an episode on Mondays. I mean, it can become part of their routine. And, um, you know, when it comes to that kind of content and stuff, it, you know, they say it takes six months for something to, to be actually become a habit. Um, you know, so if you, if you're trying to build super fans and build a pipeline, changing stuff on them last minute or, or being sporadic is one of the, the worst things you can do to improve conversions. Oh, I totally agree. I'm just picking up on what you said there. I mean, me and you could geek out about this for, <laughs> for years. I can just sense that is you know, like when you have the Netflix, Netflix have given everything away. You can watch all of the TV shows. And I think they're doing some tests with some of the shows that they're doing at the minute. For Snowpiercer, for example, you could watch all of season one. I binged the whole lot. Like I binged the whole lot of that. Now they're dropping out an episode weekly. It's killing me. Like it is killing me. I am hooked on that show. And I am trained. Friday, the world stops. Snowpiercer is like it that is I'm watching it and I did the exact same with Game of Thrones and if you I think if we look around us and see what big companies are doing 
you know, when you open your phone, you read the news app. Why do you pick on certain headlines? Why do you read certain articles? Because of that engagement and that sort of headline. Now, if you take a step back and go, what are they actually doing here? You know, how is, why is that? Why am I reading that? Why am I waiting so much? Why am I really excited for a Monday when Game of Thrones was on? You know, and you use some of those sort of tactics and strategies inside of your business. They've been doing this for years, like way, way, way before we heard about funnels and, you know, deadline funnels and all of those kind of things. So it's just those principles are really simple and they work. The, the way humans are, they just work. Absolutely. Well, you know, before I get too far ahead of myself, um, I want to I like to give our, our listeners sort of some context about where you are in your business sort of size wise. Uh, can you give us a, some idea about where you are on your monthly recurring revenue right now? Yeah. So my monthly recurring revenue is like 35,000 British pounds. So I don't know what's that convert to in American dollars. I'll do that very quickly for you. So we're looking at nearly 50,000 US dollars a month. Nice, nice. That's a, that's a great spot to be in. And to think that you couldn't even put a PayPal button on your site to start with, right? That I think it just sort of is proof that you don't have to be perfect to be successful. <laughs> yes. It, that's the thing you just learn. And then people, I think people as well, you know, as you're going through and they, they come through the journey with you, your members and your customers, they see that and they remember that. And they they still laugh and remember the days where I was sending out emails and sometimes you know, I sent them from a free free mail.com account, like mail.com, the one-on-one thing that they use, (laughs) mail.com. And the amount of times people confuse that because there's like, surely there should be a G in front of that. And I I just add them to a a BCC list and then I'd send that out. That was the membership. Oh man, you're you're giving me a heart attack. I'm an email guy over here. So... (laughs) And the strange thing is now I am obsessed. Like I am relentless with email. Email is, it's made me more money than anything in my life. And it's also built some incredible relationships with my customer. And it's just the best thing for me. And uh, I, oh yeah. So to go from that to uh, that monthly recurring to where I am now and look back and just go, oh my gosh, it's just, anyone can do it though. That's, the main thing that you know i would like people to to get from that you know it's it's all it's great where i am now um but anyone anyone can get to where i got to it really really wasn't difficult i mean it takes perseverance though i think is the overlooked component yes like you, you have to be able to have some stick to it right yeah i think yeah. Uh, part of the problem especially with things like in my opinion membership sites uh where the the cost of entry is fairly low right? Because you're really not talking a lot of dev, it, especially with today's tools, you can, you know, pick what, pick what platforms you want. But even on the, on the high end, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month and you have like this amazing, you know, Rolls Royce version of a membership area kind of squared away uh, where in the past it was, it was more complicated than that. But if you look at that compared to say, you know, what it costs to get a McDonald's franchise, Right. Yes, and and, and when you put so much skin in the game on a, on a franchise or something in a physical location, you, you might be out millions of dollars before you ever get penny one of revenue. <laughs> yeah. And then at that point, you're extremely committed to make it work. Right. And I think sometimes people struggle They go out and they get, you know, $10 hosting, maybe, you know, wishlist member and a few other things. And so they're, they're in like a hundred bucks total, right. Mm-hmm. To launch it. They maybe get one sale and they're like, ah, I don't know. It's kind of a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, know, I mean, they don't that's the it. thing, isn't it? That's the yeah nail on the head. It's that perseverance. They, but then some of that is the industry that we are in. You know, you have the sort of people that push this million dollar launch, and you can do this. You can do this, and you'll make five hundred thousand on your launch. And you know, and what did I? Say? I can't remember who I saw promoting that you don't need ads to scale your business. And then I went to the Facebook ad library, put their name in, and they were running like 200 ads. <laughs> and I'm like, "What? just come on, like, just don't do that. Don't tell people that they're not, they can scale the business without ads and then show them that video via an ad. It's just, it just doesn't sit right with me. I mean, me. it would be fair to say, you know, you don't need ads to get to 10K MRR or like, no you way. know, some threshold, right? Because people want, you know, a a free or low cost way to get it. But um, I I think that actually leads us into sort of 
the next stage, which, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that sensitivity and being able to do different mechanisms for user acquisition oftentimes relies on your margins and your price points. Yep. Um, one beautiful thing about memberships, you just talked about how low cost it is, right? Maybe a couple hundred bucks a month, uh, realistically for, from a software perspective anyway, to fulfill that. Um, so your margins are great typically. What, what kind of pricing do you have now and what was it originally? So we can, you know, and how did that kind of evolve to where it is today? Cause I assume, you know, your pricing today is much different than when you put a link to PayPal. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I got my pricing way wrong, like way wrong. I had a whole sort of host of things about how I didn't know that I was giving so much value. And I thought that, you know, I was lucky that I had that person paying me. Um, and just to, just to sort of go full circle on that last point, the, my monthly recurring revenue has been built without using ads because I haven't been able to in that business um, as well because they don't allow ads in that kind of niche. So, um, yeah, I started out £15 a month. So £15 a month was uh, the first iteration of BetGreen, and then it stayed at £15 a month for a long time. And then I had this crazy idea, like crazy idea that I was going to um, I wanted a trader's haven. I wanted a community of traders where people could talk. So it wasn't just going to be an email list anymore. So instead of just taking what I already had with BetGreen and, you know, scaling it up or tweaking it or taking it in a different direction, I bought a completely different domain name and I just went for it and said, right, we're going to have a Facebook group and it's going to be seven pound a month. And all you're going to do is get access to this Facebook group for that seven pounds. Turned out it's the best thing I ever did because it's the strongest domain name in that niche. And um, yeah, it's gone from seven and then I closed BetGreen and amalgamated it into Betfair Trading Community. And it went from seven to 15 pounds a month. And then it stayed at 15 pounds for the first month. Then it went to 29.99. And then it's still at 29.99, but we have some like ethical upsells in there. And um, I want to hear about those because I actually usually ask about upsells. So what, yeah. what are those and what are those, you know, what do those look like? What's the fulfillment look like? So they look like, so we have the 29.99 and for that, you get full access to our stats software. Um, you get full access to our forum. You get access to private coaching inside of that forum as well. So it is a private coaching in the forum is a private forum with you and me and my team. You can ask one question at a time and we will answer that. And then we, we've just changed the pricing model on that now because we found that people, this whole forum is just crazy for people. There's just too much going on and it's very sport specific. So um, we just give you your sport and the software. And if you want all of it, it's 50, it's 49.99. But the ethical upsell for us is if you're, if you're on the private coaching and you're really struggling and we're helping you and we're really just trying to help you um, and you've just, you just can't get it we will offer to do like a strategy implementation call with you and then you can pay one off to get that call. Um, and then we are looking at adding in and we do have this on beta. We have like a group coaching section as well. Um, so that's that sort of um, Betfair training community pricing. And then the membership mastery pricing is £49 uh, in British money. So great British pounds um, at the minute. And um, that's going to stay that way until maybe another 10, 20 members are in and then it's going to 97 pounds. So is that per month or a one-time price? That's per month. So all of those are per month. Right. So in, so if someone came in paying $29.99 per month, mm -hmm. you would have an upgrade where they could get, be added into say group coaching and get yep. strategy for it by changing from 29.99 to 49 a month. Yes. So it replaces, it's not additive. Yeah, it replaces, and they can also do a um, a call as well, so an extra to call. And oh no, sorry, actually, the twenty nine ninety nine goes from twenty nine ninety nine, and then it goes all the way up. So depending on how, the level of group coaching that they want, it can go all the way up to like ninety nine ninety nine, dependent upon the level of involvement that they want and a, and some beta software that we've got. Um, if they want full access to the forum, it's forty nine ninety nine. So gotcha. Which is, is really, I, I, I would not advise this to people who are just starting. I would advise one price, one membership, get started and then get that solid. And then you can actually work out, you know, where you can add these additional revenue earners because you get 
really good monthly recurring revenue, but then there is a percentage of those people that want more, or in our case, they want some want more, but some want less. Um, so we also have some downsells in there as well. So we do we do a daily email that's part of the membership. And if you aren't using our software um, and you just don't have time, um, you come to cancel, we will offer to downgrade you. So replace you from the $29.99 down to $14.99. And all you get is the daily email then. So you're not using the software. You don't get access to the forum because um, I wouldn't want members to be paying the full price and having people in on the lower price. That wouldn't sit right with me. Sure. But you get a reduced version of the membership for $14.99. That's, uh, that's great. Yeah, no, I, I've heard of other you know, SaaS members and stuff doing some some similar downsells upon cancellation, uh, which is great. You know, sometimes it's as simple as like, hey, you know, we'll stop, you know, your main thing, but let's just hold your data. You won't be able to do anything with it, but like, we'll just keep all of your work saved for seven bucks a month, <laughs> you know, as, as yeah. opposed to 97 bucks a month. And, and it, you know, it doesn't sound like you'd, you don't think you'd, you'd have a lot of takers, but they're like, uh, we're doing, you know, 40K a month on those $7 save your data. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we do quite well from those ones as well. And then we also find that they come back. So they still they still want that sort of touch point with us. And then they come back to the membership when they can. Um, so it's like, oh, yeah, I'm still involved with you and I'm still working on it. I'm just not 100% time committed at the moment you know, because of work, life, children, homeschooling, etc. And they still sort of touch base with you. And um, yeah, we get amazing feedback from it. Yeah, I, I would venture a guess that even if it was something like crazy, like let's say like $2 a month, just the the pure act that they're maintaining a customer, uh, you know, client yep. sort of relationship with you yep. probably significantly increases that the odds of reactivation, right? Because once someone cancels, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. But, yep. but if it's super low, like they don't feel bitter or betrayed by it or anything, right? But it's it keeps in mind like, oh yeah, I do have this thing and Oh, maybe I should think about that again. And maybe I should upgrade. Maybe I should take it seriously, you know, and start making those decisions of, of coming back as opposed to the total disconnection where you cancel it. It's like scratching it off your to-do list. You know, it's like, that's done now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I forget about that. Yeah. I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of brings us to churn. Like how has churn been an issue for you? Uh, obviously there's some ways that you're, you're fighting that now with down sales at cancellation, um, but, but why do people tend to churn and then what other mechanisms are you doing to try to stop that from happening? Yeah. So, I mean, my churn rate is really low. It's at 6%. Um, and I'm really happy with that. And I'm obsessed about keeping that low. One of the things that really changed the game for me was when I, I realized that instead of looking at, Hey, if we want to get that thing and we get new members and I need 10 new members, actually, I just don't need to lose a few members and I'll be able to buy that. Um, so one of the things that we we really do for for reducing churn and keeping churn low is we we really speak to our members. So I ask three questions quite often in my membership, and it's if I was to take one thing away, what would you miss the most? What would you miss the least? And what do you want more of? And then what I do from that, and I think this is really key, key as well for anybody listening, is you know if you're going to take feedback from your membership, make sure that you tell the members what you're going to do with that feedback. So after that survey has gone out and I've got all those responses, I will meet with my team and we'll go through that. And then I will write a, um, like a script and I'll send an email out to, to all of the members saying, thank you very much for taking the time to, um, to give me your feedback. It's really crucial. It's really valuable to grow this membership and this business to the way that you want it. And I always reiterate that it is their membership. It's, you know, it's not really mine. I'm just the captain of the ship. I just steer it in the direction that they tell me to. And um, I tell them what we're going to do with the membership, the membership and their feedback. So some of your suggestions are going to, they're just not viable. Um, they would take too long or they're not in our business plan. Um, but we do, we have, because you said you wanted it, we are well known in the industry. We have reached out to certain partners and we have been able to get you a um, a discount on a on that piece of software that fits in quite nicely with us. We're not going to take an affiliate fee for that. We've negotiated with them that instead of them paying us an affiliate fee, they give you that as a discount. And then we tell them what we're going to do and the potential timelines for that next 
um, for that next sort of period. This is what we're going to be working on. So that's one of the things that we do um, to keep our churn rate low and to work on our attention. We also, um, we work quite closely on like socials for the, for the members. Um, so we found that they've been asking for socials for a long time. Our members are quite spread out across the UK. We've got some in Europe as well. So we've started doing some uh, like online socials that they absolutely love. They just really, really build that sense of community as well. Um, so they absolutely love those. So we just call them the BTC socials. And then we get them to submit questions. But we say that they're not about trading. They're not about that kind of world. So we just don't, we just don't want to know about that. Let's let's just pretend we're all down the pub having a beer with our mates because that that industry is heavily male dominated. So they really like that. Um, and that's one of the things that I've learned, you know, working with that membership compared to the membership mastery is that they're two totally different audiences. So my language is, is different and I would never be able to do a beers social in the membership mastery. Um, so it's just knowing your market and then knowing some of these things that you can do to, to increase that retention. Um, so that's yeah. another thing that we do. Um, and yeah, what else do we do? I have a community manager as well who monitors the community and reaches out to people all of the time. Um, and I am obsessive about checking email open rates uh, for our onboarding experience. And I look at the support emails that we get and the day that we get them and then go, how many, how many days have they been a member? Five. Okay. So why they're struggling with that on day five. Okay. So on day four, let's send them an email solving that problem. Um, and yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, that, uh, it's great that you think about it that deeply. A lot of people think that the sale ends when the credit card pass clears. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, people will buy into just as much to the vision and the future and how things are going to be in it, you know, in the distant horizon as, as opposed to what they see on the sales page today. And, and they stick around because if they feel like you're going to continually invest, continually improve um, and help bring them forward the best way possible based on when they're still in your system. So that's true, whether it's software, membership, you know, box services, right? People like to be heard. <laughs> they like to have their input, um, feel validated a bit. Um, and it's great that you're looking at, you know, where are the breakdowns and, and whatnot and how to, how to solve that. Like one of our tools is a contest tool. And uh, that was the one that I, I launched in the early days with WordPress with the, the naked S3 link. Um, <laughs> and, you know, one thing I would always look at is, you know, where are we getting support tickets as well? And where are they in the process of making their campaign or, or finishing the campaign or whatever? And if we started getting a question too many times, I say, okay, let's just cut like a, a 30 to 90 second long video that answers this exact question and put a link to the little pop-up of that video in the app, in the area where they have the question. <laughs> yep. And by doing those just relentlessly over, you know, six to 12 months, we actually dropped our support volume by like 90%. And you could wow. tell that the satisfaction of our customers went way up. So it's like, okay, that's a, that's a win across the board. If the, people don't ask questions generally just to be annoying. <laughs> yeah. They ask questions because there's there's a breakdown in communication or something is unclear or they have a pain point. And if one person's asking it, you, you can guarantee that at least 10, if not 100 other people are having the same pain and just didn't tell you about it. Yeah, I mean, that always amazes me. I get emails from my members and you know they'll start the email with, sorry, Ryan, I know you're really busy. Um, I yeah. won't take up too much of your time. Yeah. I'm like, you pay me to take up my time. <laughs> I, like you fire away, buddy. And I do that. I'll I'll just do a loom video because my grammar is horrendous. So I'll just do a loom video and go, no, you pay me to take up my time. What is your problem and how can I help you? But yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head there. If if someone's asking it, you know for sure that loads of other people are thinking that they just don't want to ask. They just really do not want to ask that question. Right. And it could be churning out for that exact reason. And so, you know, I think it's wise that you're trying to answer some of those questions or hurdles in advance, right? It's again, you know, a lot of people think the sale stops when the credit card passes, but in the, in your sales process, when you're thinking about how do you close a sale? right? You, you try to remove doubts and objections before you ever get to the offer. Once someone's in, you should be removing friction, doubts, and objections about how do I make this work, right? So that you increase 100%. satisfaction, you stick around. It's the exact same concept as sales. 
Yes, I agree 100%. And I, in fact, say that on one of my sales videos for Membership Mastery. I say, this isn't going to be the last time you see me. And somebody said they signed up just to check if what I was saying was true. <laughs> you know, I signed up just to see if that was true. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, you know, again, that's people buying into the belief and buying into, you know, consistency and transparency and all those kind of things. So that's that's great. I'm, I'm glad that you run your membership that way. It's really, really happy to hear that. Not, some people just stop, like I said, right there when the transaction completes and they think, you know, wash their hands, job is done. But that's when, that's when the world work gets started. Indeed. That's when you've got to go to work. For sure. So, you know, take me back a little bit again, you know, when, when you had to put the link to PayPal, how did you actually go and get the first 10 people to give you money in your business? Oh man. Like very, very difficultly, like talking to them myself, almost begging them to sign up. Um, like, were you going to like meetups? I mean, like, like walk me through it. Like how did, how did you get those first 10 wins? People to say, yeah, all right, Ryan, I'm buying what you're selling or I'm relenting finally. I'll, I'll pay the 15, you know, seven pounds a month or 15 pounds a month just to make you shut up. <laughs> even, though yeah. you, even though, like I told you before we started recording, even though you got the voice of God, Ryan, I need to make you stop. So if I give you money, how will I make you go? Away? So walk me through, how did that process work to, to get those first 10 customers? Oh, Travis, you are so smooth. Like I said to you, you're just like caramel. I've, I don't <laughs> think there's anything smoother than you, the voice of God. I think you need to tell my wife that. That would be amazing. Um, so first 10 customers, I got five quite quickly straight out the bat. Um, but that was because I was blogging pretty much for Betfair at the time. Um, and I was on the Betfair forum and I was active um, sharing my information and talking about Betfair. So, you know, that's that's something that you can do now. You know, I was doing that and I was just saying, you know, this is what I'm doing today. This is how I'm setting my day up. I wasn't asking for money or anything like that at this point. I was just obsessed with what I was doing and I wanted to talk to more people who also enjoyed it because none of my friends are into this. Um, like nobody I knew was into this. So I needed people to talk to. I'm a very social animal anyway. I need people. And um, I was just talking to people on the on the Betfair forum and I was commenting and posting and asking questions about, so how come you're doing it that way? I've got to find out why you're doing it. How can I get better and et cetera, et cetera. So what happened was um, five people just straight away said, I love like your, your teachings and different bits and bobs. How can I just get you to email me every day? And um, then somebody else contacted me as well. He said, Ryan, I run a tipping service and I want you, like you are a superstar. I want you in my community. I want you to be one of my tipsters i want you to share your knowledge and information and um i want to do a deal with you you can come and join the team you'll have your own service you'll be responsible for various different bits and um i will promote you and that got me thinking well if he wants you know, if he wants me to do that then maybe you know and i've got these other messages maybe there's a bit of a market here so i politely declined his offer i replied back to the the few people that, that said yes Ryan I want in and I um I sent them to this lovely lovely Wix page that took me way too long to build I mean way too long and um yeah I sent them the link they signed up I had five people and then I went about getting five more so I did everything wrong that I shouldn't have done I started commenting in these groups, hey, sign up to my thing. Hey, sign up to my thing. Hey, sign up to my thing. I, You're like the insurance uh, salesman at the party. <laughs> yes, I was the insurance salesman at the party. I did all of that wrong and was just thinking, Ryan, what are you doing? This isn't you. Um, and then I... By the way, that's started, what I kind of feel like whenever I get a, a pitch on LinkedIn, by the way, which is every time I log in. <laughs> oh, I've, do you know what I've done today? I've deleted my LinkedIn because I hate that. I hate getting added by people, uh, recruitment consultants. Hey, I've got the perfect job for you. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I haven't had a boss in about 13, 14 years. So there's no way on this planet I'm taking a job. I, and unless that job is managing Liverpool football club, I ain't taking it. Like it is not happening. Um, so then I started to build relationships and this theme has gone throughout my life. I have always managed to build relationships with people and they have always been phenomenal. 
and they've always been like the best thing I've ever done. So I started talking to other people that had services and just saying to them, I'm new to this. How can I learn from you? What are you doing? I started to learn more about internet marketing, digital marketing. And one of the, um, one of the services that, that I connected with one of the guys, a really nice guy called Darren. He, he was sort of like 10, 15 years older than me. Um, and I'm like early twenties at this point. And he took me under his wing and he said, I, I like your gusto. I like you. And I think you're really good. I've seen you on the, on the Betfair forums. I'm just going to give you a few sort of helpful tips and stuff. And then, um, I was still plugging away like with five, six members and I just kept going and going and going. And I realized that it didn't really matter because every single week I got better. Even now, every single week I get better and better and better and better. My role has changed, but I get better at what my role is. And um, he then said, after a good few, good few weeks, I'll email my list about your service, Ryan, because I'm into horses, you're into football. I'll email my list. And I want 30% of everything that, uh, that they, that they sign up with like an affiliate. And I was thinking, how do I do that? <laughs> Cause I'm literally just a PayPal button. So, and this is amazing. Do you know what I did? I created another PayPal button that was specific for his email list. And then wow. I just showed it. I know how, how technologically savvy am I? And, um, yeah, I didn't create a different landing page or anything. We put that button in his emails and then he, he fired it off to his email list. And I think I've got something like 20 or 30 signups. And from there, it just, uh, I just kept building relationships and, um, understanding that people would, if I did what I said I was going to do, uh, and I got results for people, people would do, they would tell people about me and it takes a while. And like I say, we haven't built that business on ads we built that business on giving value. So then I started to realize that people are asking me questions. They want the answer to this. Now, this isn't part of my service, but you know, there is a blog section on Wix, Ryan. Maybe, just maybe, if you started blogging, people might, you know, they might read those. Uh, so that's what I did. I started blogging on Wix and then I moved to WordPress. And um, yeah, then we started scaling, scaling that way. That's a great story. I mean, I think we all, you know, like I said, you know, have have little stories as you go along and how you grow. And um, I, I'm just such a firm believer in the the perseverance and grit to just kind of, you know, figure it out. Just say, hey, I got to figure this out. How, you know, how am I going to do it? And just chisel away, chisel away, chisel away. And it's not mm -hmm. going to be comfortable or easy. And even once you're quote unquote good at it or at least competent you're going to still make mistakes. Hopefully they're less, ex <laughs> less expensive. Sometimes they're more expensive as you get further along. Um, but you'll be in a position to, to handle that a lot better. So that's, that's great. And I'm glad that you were able to cultivate that relationship with someone who then mailed, mailed their email list. Cause again, huge believer in email lists. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like our core business now. Um, yeah. So, so that, that obviously is something that works really well. It's how you got your first 10 customers. But what campaigns have you done over time that just totally flopped that surprised you at how badly they did that you thought for sure we're going to have a pretty good shot at doing well? Oh, 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 oh man. Pick your favorite because I'm sure there's more than one there <laughs> if you're like one. me. Yeah, there is more than one. And isn't that strange? There's that strange sort of sensation where you feel like you're in the zone. You're writing this email and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to... I'm going to send these sales emails out and these are so good. I'm hitting all the pain points. I've got empathy in here. This is amazing. I'm solving their problem. And then you send it out and it flops like mad. While um, you were writing it, you probably took a five minute variance to go look at the Aston Martins, right? Cause you know, you're going to do yeah. so well. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm then like, you get zero sales. <laughs> I'm like picking my dream holiday out. I'm telling the wife, like we are going to the Mauritius we are staying in the four seasons. Like this is going to be phenomenal. Um, the one that really did flop, I really flopped my, so my favorite one was I decided that um, I was going to move Bet Green into Betfair Training Community when Betfair Training Community got a bit bigger. And I, I had a method for, for selecting games in Bet Green and 
basically I was doing the research for these trades every day and it was very, very simple. There was a method and it was a little bit labor intensive and, but people were paying me for that. It was for me to narrow down all of that research. So I thought, do you know what? As a, like a last hurrah, um, and Bet Green on its own was solid at this point. You know, we were talking like five grand a month, something like that for not that much work really. Cause I had VAs doing a lot of the heavy lifting, but for me just sending out an email and BTC Betfair training community was, was well on its way. And I thought I'm going to share the method. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to charge people as a goodbye gesture. Like I'm going to just say, I'm closing bet green to focus on Betfair trading community, but I'm going to sell you my secret. And I, I think I priced it like, did I price it 27 pounds? So nearly two months of bet green subscription. Uh-uh. Like 500 pound was all it made. And it was making <laughs> sort of 10 times that on recurring. And that was it. It just crashed. It burned. And yeah, I was thinking, you know, this would be nice. This is like my last hurrah. You can have my whole method and then I'll just sail off into the sunset and work on Betfair Trading Community. Yeah, that didn't work at all. You know, I bring this this example up a lot, but it sounds like what you were trying to do is sell the tool and not necessarily sell the outcome potentially, right? Because they, they bought the subscription because they wanted the outcome. And then you offered them the tool to get the outcome themselves. Like, I don't want the tool. I want the outcome. <laughs> yeah, they're like, Ryan, you silly boy. I'm paying you to do the work. Do you think I'm going to do the work? No. Yeah. They want the easy button. Yeah. Which then I've... ended up becoming, so that, that is the crazy thing. That ended up becoming the reduced version of Betfair trading community. The daily email became the reduced version of, BTC Bet for Training Community. That was the original Bet Green project that I closed down. Very strange. Well, you know, it, at least you found a way to repurpose the the model somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I realized that people don't actually always want the tool; they want what the tool does. Absolutely, yeah. Like so, you know, the the famous quote from the Black and Decker CEO, and I, I got to stop bringing this up. This is like the third episode in the row that I've done this, but. Um, he used to sell, we don't, he said, we don't sell drills. We sell holes. So every time you're building yes. a campaign, remember what's the hole here versus the drill. <laughs> it's, it's so true. But then I think you can even go one level higher, can't you? And say, it's not the hole. It's the shelf that the hole goes on that makes the man feel really happy about putting the shelf up because his wife is now not pestering him about putting the shelf up or whatever. Or he feels pride in that shelf in that room that he can put his books on or his tools on or whatever. Yep health, wealth, and relationships, you know, in the subcategory relationships is a status, but yes. yeah, all the, all those things are what you got to keep in mind. Yes. Beautiful. Well, you know, I really appreciate you sharing about your business uh, and you know, how you grew it and everything else. Um, towards the end of the episodes here, I always like to transition more towards the, the mental health side of things. I, I think it's so easy for so many of us who do have that perseverance and grit to figure things out, to look up and all of a sudden realize we've, we've been in a silo for a while right? We've been hammering it out. We've been constantly overcoming objections. Like we're a, like, you know, we're a lineman in in American football or something, just getting beat up every single play. Uh, but yet we still have something to do. So, you know, as someone who's personally struggled with anxiety and panic attacks and have a lot of close friends that have dealt with depression and other mental health, you know, uh, hurdles and, and challenges over time, I know that I've certainly had to find ways to adapt my day-to-day lifestyle and habits to try to reduce those and, and perform at my highest level consistently now for, you know, well over a decade. Um, have you had any challenges with mental health in, in the type of, you know, role you've had to play now? You said 10 to 14 years or something like that um, in, in your field. And, and if so, what are they and what mechanisms have you put in place in your daily life to help alleviate those as much as possible? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Um, I haven't had really any sort of mental health struggles I have known for a long time I had I had some mental health issues when I was younger I had post-traumatic stress but that was due to uh witnessing quite a horrific car accident um and I I think that actually was one of the worst experiences and the worst things I've ever seen in my life and it always will be but that 
that sort of made me make take charge of me and what I wanted from life and realize that, you know, I know what I want and I want freedom and I need that. And if I don't have that, I'm not going to be successful. So just sort of naturally and organically, and it, it's only now probably me thinking about it after you asking that question, that that's where me not having any issues over the last sort of 10, 15 years has stemmed from, have stemmed from me actually having witnessed that and having to go through therapy for post-traumatic stress. And um, yeah, that's just me- meant that I've had to have freedom in my, in my day and I have to have freedom in my week. And without that, I know I'm not going to be successful. And I know that you know, sometimes I, I feel a bit, oh, and I, I allow that. I, I know that I have to allow myself that feeling and I will just not do, not do anything that day. Um, and I'll just go, okay, I'll sort that out tomorrow because today I'm not firing and I'm not going to be able to give my best today. So I'm not firing. And then I may take myself off to the Peak District, um, which is like a really beautiful national park in the UK. And it's not that far from me. It's about an hour and a half, an hour away. It's just like stunning green and fields and animals. And I can just walk there just clear my head and then come back and, uh, and smash it the next day. So I'm not gonna let you off the hook quite that easy, <laughs> but I appreciate you sharing about your past. Um, because I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, because we deal with so much, we tend to think that like, unless I'm in a fetal position, like sweating on the floor, it's not serious, right? It's not affecting me. And what I think I heard you just say is, is what I sort of more have expected, which is you still experience stress, overwhelm, right? Things that can derail you from what we would all consider our peak performance. And then you have the, you practice the, you know, the meaning of acceptance of accepting that you can feel off, be stressed, overwhelmed, or, or not performing at the level that you feel you could. And you make the decision to go do the resets, to walk in the park, to get some fresh air, and those kind of things. Would you say that that's kind of a, a fair description? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because a lot of times we have this sort of black and wh- black and white mm-hmm. idea, you know, about oh, you know, unless I'm like, you know, miserably down for a year, I've never experienced depression. And mm-hmm. I, I think that sort of tends to come out of our our, our idea of what extreme is, right? Because <laughs> yeah. as entrepreneurs, right, like to most people we probably look insane to most people, right? Like the, the amount of risk we're willing to do the, the resiliency we have when an offer goes wrong, right. That totally flops. Um, I think sort of recalibrates our perception of what we're necessarily going through because I think entrepreneurs actually are quite resilient, but I also think that means that they, they can more consistently go through that stress, overwhelm, anxiety, panic, you know, depression, at levels that maybe aren't as recognized. Mm, I think you're perfect. I think that's that's bang on the money. I do, I do notice that in other people. You know, friends who tell me, or or partners, um, you know, my partner's friends, and they tell me what they're going through with their work stress. And I think I am set up to take so much more stress than you are. I take what you are struggling with in my stride. And I only really stress when it gets a lot, lot, lot worse than that. I always seem, I always seem to have a really good baseline. I'm I'm really, I I, I don't know whether it's, I think my, you know, my brain seems to work at 200 miles an hour all of the time. I seem to be able to process data very, very quickly and come Mm -hmm. to a decision that, that I'm happy with. And I, you know, I said earlier about having people around me and always having those right connections. My brain just automatically seems to do this. It goes, Ryan, can you sort that out? No. Do you know someone who can? Yes. Why don't you ring them? Oh, that seems, that seems to be what it does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think by nature to be in, to be like you and myself, you have to be analytical and you have to be, you know, critically thinking and problem solving and all that kind of stuff. I just, I was just trying to bring sort of a a focus on, um, we we probably digest and process 
a lot more stress than we necessarily give ourselves credit for. Mm. Um, and so like for me, you know, I, I have to work in, you know, consistent workouts. Like I got, if I don't get cardio in and sort of clear the cobwebs and, you know, try to get better sleep. And, you know, for me, that journey included, you know, basically the elimination of caffeine and alcohol, um, for most of the time, not, not a strict hundred percent, but pretty dang close. Um, because those were the things I found would, would move the levers and, and move that tolerance even further up and even further up right now. And, and allow me to have more of a, a healthier reset each, each day. Um, so that's just kind of an interesting observation that I've, I've made of others in the space as well. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're hundred percent right. Well, you know, th- thanks for sharing that with us as well. Um, uh, again, you know, I'm sorry that you had that experience when you were younger, but I am, I am happy to hear that it sounds like it gave you the tools right, by, by going through therapy and some other things to, to be better positioned now at this stage of your life to operate your business at the level you want and to achieve the other things in your life um, that, as you mentioned, would, would be completely overwhelming for some of our other peers that are in the, the normal punch in, punch out sort yes. of nine to five mechanism, you know, it, it it's certainly a learned skill like everything else, right? Just like copywriting, creating videos, you know, stress, overwhelm, management is absolutely a skill. So thank you for sharing your story. No, anytime, you know, it's, uh, I'm an open book and it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was a, a horrendous thing, but it actually turned into a huge, huge positive for me. Great. So, um, if, if someone wanted to reach out to you, you know, maybe you know, hopefully, you know, something you said really sparked a light bulb in someone else's mind. And when their brain gets to that point, Hey, do I know how to do this? No. Do I know someone who might do this? Well, I heard this guy, Ryan Carruthers on addicted to MRR <laughs> and he might be able to help me solve this. If someone to reach out to you or learn more about your, your programs, what's the best way for them to do that? So there's two ways they can do that. The first is they can go to www.themembershipmastery.com. And then they'll find the podcast and like loads of different bits and bobs. But the second one is if they just want to email me, you know, uh, my email is very simple. It's ryan at themembershipmastery.com. Just send me an email and put in the subject line that you heard me on this show. And yeah, just tell me what, tell me where you're at and, uh, and yeah, I'll see if I can help. Well, Ryan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I hope that someone, you know, some of our listeners do reach out to you and, and follow up because you're doing some interesting stuff here with the membership side of things. And, you know, I highly encourage anyone, even if you're in SaaS, cause I know a lot of our listeners, you know, have software as a service with their business. I, I definitely think that every, almost every business, if it's online based specifically could benefit by having uh, a premium quality membership site, even if it's something that it's tied to a higher subscription of your software and it's just kind of a value add bonus. I think there's so many mechanisms for you to increase connection with your audience, to deliver more training and scale your time, right? Across many thousands of people, uh, as opposed to just one-to-one repeatedly. So I think there's just so much value in memberships. Memberships have outperformed their weight in, in, in my experience in our funnels and, and campaigns, even though we're mostly a software company, you know, I, I can trace pretty directly about a million dollars in revenue just to content-based training and premium membership areas that are just totally changed the calculus for lead acquisition, customer retention, customer satisfaction, all those things. So even if it's, even if you aren't waking up in the morning saying, I want to start a membership business, I think you should definitely consider bolting it on to whatever people have now. I'm with you. I a hundred percent agree. Connecting that product of what you have to, to a community, you're going to increase your attention and you're going to reduce your support as well. So, yeah. All right. Well, it's, it's been a real pleasure and hopefully we can talk again soon, but until next time, take care guys.